Welcome to Disrespectfully Agree with Oatman and LJ. I am LJ. Cross from me is Mr. Oatman. Oatman in the house. This week we're going to tackle Ant-Man and the Wasp, starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Pena, Walton Goggins, Judy Greer, kinda, she's in there. That white gold, baby. Michelle Pfeiffer. White gold, Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. Ma- Michael Douglas, Lawrence Fishburns. It's hard to see, yeah, the Michelle Pfeiffer. She's in there, I guess. No, she's in there. I know, barely. She, she's aged. Wait, what? <laughs> she's really aged. How'd that happen? It took me a while to... Oh, that's Michelle Pfeiffer, huh? It's almost like time has passed. Yeah. Is I, that your phone? Of course that's not you, my phone. You want to you wanna silence that? Who would have their phone on? That would be I don't crazy know. talk. What? No, God, no. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely aged. Yeah, well, that happens. I, I, I don't want to surprise you. So well, has Michael maybe, Douglas. Okay, maybe I'll put, I'll put it this way. I don't think she's aged well. How not? Why? She just has not aged well. Like, I remember seeing, I saw, I just saw a movie called The Book Club, which was a really wonderful little romp. Enjoyed it. It had, like, you know, 70, 80-year-old women, and it just looked fabulous. Well, there's a thing where it's the actresses who engage in plastic surgery that age the worst, ironically. Do you think she's done that, maybe? I suspect, yes. Yeah, she just, she did not look well. You might be right, because Jane Fonda is somebody who was known for being kind of a a fitness freak and such and so on. You had Mary Steenburgen, who was also in that movie. Uh, Candace Bergen doesn't strike me as a huge plastic surgery person. And they just, they all just looked wonderful. I mean, they looked fabulous and they were shot fabulous and lit fabulously. And then I slicked it. This I mean, like, it, it could be the difference between good plastic surgery and bad plastic surgery. I don't know. But, point. you know, I guess you don't, uh, the good hair transplants, you don't notice. It's just the bad ones. Yeah. So they get a reputation of, well, that hair transplant, ooh, they got a bad hair transplant. Well, kind of reminded me, like, every time I see uh, Mickey Rourke, and he just looks... Like he, he looks just, weird. He's just aged badly. It's just not a well, good show. He did have plastic surgery, didn't he? That he guy? must have. I mean, if that, or either that or a car wreck of some sort. But yeah. Just, I, I was just watching him. I was I just happened to be catching um, uh, one of the Iron Man movies, and he was in I just thought how badly he looked in that movie. I mean, it kind of worked because he was kind of a scraggy-faced villain guy but yeah i'll just yeah well yeah i mean uh what was it empire strikes back luke skywalker what's his name i can't believe it. mark oh, yeah. hamill mark, yeah, hamill. mark hamill. hamill you know he got in a, that micro- motorcycle accident and yeah. I, they decided they needed to spend 15 minutes explaining why he looked weird why he looks so bad <laughs> <laughs> why he's just he's just not aged well uh no yeah he looks he yeah and in you know plastic surgery doesn't age. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, I guess that's the that's thing. the thing about it. It looks weird as you get older. Even once they get it, you get that plastic surgery, and you can tell. Why does Tom Cruise look so good? Oh, that's no more Thetans. He got all the Thetans out. Ah, there you go. The rest of us yeah. have Thetans. He was on that uh, that wheel they got out there somewhere. That secret wheel. Oh, their wheel. Yeah, there's a wheel that gets spirits out of you or some sort of thing. Well, yeah, the, they do the auditing with the metal rods. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And you got to get those Thetans out. That makes sense. That I mean, the man sense. has been clear, OT levels 27 clear for decades. Makes total sense to me. It works. Total I mean, sense. you can t- say what you want about Scientology. <laughs> that man looks amazing. <laughs> what about Michael Douglas? All the surgery he's had. Yeah, well, he looks weird to me, too. That's what I'm saying. He looks strange. He does look weird. But he's real old, too. He's like old, old. He didn't move very fast. Yeah, I mean, he's in the 70s. He's not spry. No, he's definitely not spry. 
Ant-Man 1, where'd you sit on that one? Where'd you come down? I thought it was okay. Uh, I will say something about Ant-Man 2 that I can honestly say. Ant-Man 2? Yeah, go ahead. Sequel. Right. It is the worst Marvel movie I've ever seen. This one? Yes. Holy, did you see Thor 2? I did see Thor 2. Did you see Thor 1? Thor 1 was much better than that. Okay. This is the worst Marvel movie of the modern incarnations of Marvel movies. Certainly there was that that, that awful pre-time, sort of those pre-Marvel movies that were just god-awful with Hasselhoff and, you know, oh, sure, yeah. you know playing Nick Fury. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking the, about... The, the demarcation for everyone out there is Iron Man 1. Thank That's you. the moment. Yep. Everything before that... Yeah, it's weird. And after that, there were still a little wish... There, they, the next movie they made after that one was the... Incredible Hulk, oh, which was right. still in this universe. Yeah, with, uh, the, the Ang Lee, the Ang Lee one. No, that was before. That was before. Or you talking about the one with um, Edward Norton? Edward Norton. That's. The oh one. yeah, that was better than this. Okay. Just just because Edward Norton. What about Iron Man Two? Yeah, no, no doubt. Oh, right. and I'll tell you why. Yes. This movie is so bad. Wow. And it's awful. Okay. And I say this as a huge, huge Paul Rudd fan. Huge. I'm I'm very convinced. I am. I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> fan. I, I like his energy. I like his work. I like his devotion to stage. He's I great. Love the guy. But there is sort of this balance that Marvel movies always keep, and I like this, between being these serious movies where there are real stakes where people are getting killed and this and that, and sort of this nice comic tone that intermittently asserts and draws back, asserts and draws back, asserts and draws back. And it's a really fine balance. It's a balance that DC hasn't figured out. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, they lose that balance where it becomes frivolously stupid. There are just a lot of moments that are just the humor is terrible in this film. It just that it is just, a pro. The, yeah, the this film has five screenwriters. Five. Well, we should have had six. Of which Paul Rudd is one, and the jokes are they they fall as flat as could uh, possibly god be. God awful. It's like there's the one of the most egregious examples. Is, I'm not going to spoil it yet. We'll get into spoilers later. We'll stick with spoiler free discussion for now. But there's a joke. That is a reference to something that's 20 years old and was not funny at the time. And the joke is, one of the characters here still thinks that's an amusing reference. And they belabor that. He's like, hey, remember that thing? That was, hey, guys, remember? That was funny, right? And the joke is, nobody else thinks that's funny. There's no joke there. There's no joke in pointing out something that wasn't funny and this guy thinks it's funny and nobody still thinks it's There's There's no laugh to come from a moment like that. It seems like the laziest... Did they write this in a week? Yeah, it it, it it seems like they wrote this in a week. It made no sense. The the humor falls flat for me. All the jokes were bad. I thought it suffered from the fact that the film writers seem to have no protagonist. There's no protagonist in the film. I think that really hurts the film. Like you would think it would be Ant Man, but it's clearly not. Yeah. He's clearly He's along for the ride. He's along for the ride. He's clearly an ancil- ancillary character in this in- incarnation of it. I just thought the closest we get to an, a protagonist here is Wasp. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Evangeline Lilly's character, Hope. But her character is so still underdeveloped Absolutely. that it's difficult to really see her as the protagonist. And what makes it such a crime is it has such powerfully good, wonderful 
talent in here. I love White Walter Goggins. Every time we get to see that brother on film, he was a real big villain on Justified, and he was great on that. Great in Hateful Eight. Oh, great in Hateful Eight. Oh, Fantastic. That's his standout Oh, he's amazing in that. I mean, he just does wonderful performance after wonderful performance, and he's just kind of— He's like, wasted here. Yeah, he's sort of like a, you know, by-the-book, central casting bad guy. There, that character—here's the problem with the movie. It's awful. The story is essentially the through line, the goal— is to get Michelle Pfeiffer's character, to save her, right? We know from the previous movie that she got stuck in the microverse or what have you, the quantum whatever, and now they've got to try and get her out. They've decided that's possible. And that really isn't a huge obstacle. It really isn't. So they have three villains in this movie that are speed bumps, just arbitrary speed bumps on the road that just show up at inopportune times. And that's it. And those characters are not characters. Walton Goggins is one. We got the character Ghost, played by Hannah John Kamen, who I would imagine is probably a very good actress. Yeah. But not in this. And it's not her fault. Like I said, the talent in this film, unimpeachable. But like you said, it's three villains that none of them are not a script. I'm assuming you're, you're, as the third, you're naming Lawrence Fishburne. I well, guess. there's the, there's also the FBI agent guy. Oh yeah, the FBI agent. He's a comic guy. villain of a sort. Which is an awful, he's an awful character. I will say this in a room full of Marvel people and I defy somebody to prove me different. This is the worst film of the modern Marvel era. I defy you to find me a film that is worse than this one. I would argue, you'll of course disagree, but I would argue Thor 2 is a worse film. What elevates this film for me is, frankly, the the acting, the performances. I enjoyed spending time with some of these characters, specifically Paul Rudd, and I even like Evangeline Lilly, and it's nice to see Michelle Pfeiffer in something, and the villain of Ghost was almost there. Every single character in Thor 2 is horrible to spend time with. They're blank, boring, well, dull. Thor 2 was bland. Oh, ex- extremely. It, it was fairly bland as Marvel movies go, but ultimately inoffensive. There were times that there's nothing horribly bad in Thor. There's just not a lot that's horribly good. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. I thought it was okay, but it's not a lot that really pops it's up. It's that in bland it. inoffensiveness that I find more objectionable. At least they tried here. Well, but, you know, there, there were times. They where, failed, but at least they tried. There are times where I'm literally jettisoned out of the film because it's so badly executed. <laughs> like, I literally stop back and say, oh, wow, that is bad there. And then that would happen over and over. And Thor, there's nothing that stops that, that horrible Oh, there shit. was for me. Nah, that was there, like, okay, it's fine. It's like these Asgardians, these ancient race of aliens, these super genius aliens don't understand that when somebody comes to you with laser guns, maybe don't just run at them with swords. Well, maybe I mean, that's a bad idea. Well, I mean, that's just part of the conceit of who they are. I, I, They're, it, I, they should have been wiped out millennia ago. Yeah, I, I get it. That, that dumb. I, I get it. But that doesn't, that, that doesn't bother me. That's more issue of... That's the comic book and that's the world of the piece. No. And there's, and there's certain things that you just kind of say, okay, I just kind of sign on to it, even though it kind of doesn't make sense. I mean, no. sometimes you just got to sign on to the world that is the world. I mean, a lot of it doesn't make sense. I mean, why isn't the guy wearing a shirt and there are fireballs firing on? I mean, it's just, it's just the world. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, make it better. Make well, it make I mean, sense. Well, I'm I saying, why does Thor have a hammer? I mean, why didn't he have like a machine gun or something? I mean, yeah, that's that, just that hammer's kick ass though. Yeah, not really. I mean, oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Well, you can fly with that thing. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, there are more efficient uh, things that he can do than have that stupid hammer. But that's the world. 
I don't mind that. I mean, I, even even when it's not working. But I thought there too was just sort of mildly pleasant Mm-mm. Saturday evening kind of film that isn't that special. But this is bad. I mean, there's there's writing in here that people should be fired for. Sure. Like I don't. I mean, like if I uh, what was Ti doing? Ti. Why is he? Oh, I'm sorry, white guy. Uh, the African American actor that was with the three at the company. Oh, okay. He's a he's a famous rapper. All right, there you go. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's a famous. I mean, rapper. you could have said the same. The guy next to him, the Russian guy. It's like I don't know what yeah, his name right. is. I don't know. Yeah, because they're so nondescript, and and they don't have one line that lands. That no. entire and, and, and Pina, who's a good actor, I like him. The, the lead guy, he, he's a good actor. It's just you nothing know what was bad. was kind of fun. They, it went on too long. I guess it's time to get into spoilers here. All right, there's not really much to spoil here, but I'm gonna spoil a gag for Ant Man and the Wasp. Ready? Warning. Here we go. The thing I kind of enjoyed was the drunk history style retelling of events. Okay, that was nice. That was kind of fun. That was I, nice. I think it went on a little bit too long. I agree. That was good. That was a good moment. You're right. But that was fun. Yeah, well, he sort of tells how things are happening, and really, they essentially just steal drunk history. It's yeah. exactly what they do. Yeah, I mean, that it's was shameless. Nice yeah, it's shameless. <laughs> but it works. <laughs> but it, it works. It's one of the few things in the film where it's like, okay, that, that's kind of cool, because the rest of it just falls so flat. And, and then they have they do like a sort of an X Files lone gunman thing where they have these three characters. Yeah, the ex-cons who we met in the last movie, yeah. friends of Paul Rudd's character. And they have absolutely no chemistry. No. Um, and all of their jokes fall flat. There's this one joke they keep belaboring about. Is this truth serum? No, it's not truth serum. Yes, it is. It wasn't funny the first time you said it. And then when you revisit it, it wasn't funny again. And then you keep going on and on and on and, and until we have like a shot of it towards the end of the film or whatever, or towards, yeah, towards the end. And it wasn't funny then. It's like you mentioned five times something that wasn't funny the first time. I just, I don't understand how it could be that badly written. You're thinking back to Deadpool, Deadpool 2, when you were talking about that, when they, they thought, Oh, you know what's funnier than doing a joke once is doing it three times? Yeah, but but this this is not even funny once. Yeah, that's like Citizen Kane compared to what this is. The jokes aren't funny the first time. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, So in Deadpool 2, they took something that was funny and ruined it. Here they take something (laughs) that isn't funny and just (laughs) hammered it completely. This movie is a dead horse. It is. And, and then for two hours, they beat the shit out of it. Like I said, <laughs> and I, I like the effects in it. I thought the effects worked well. Like the way they keep having things go bigger and smaller, you know, that can look really cheesy. It's a real sort of watershed of how good those effects have gotten that that works. And even the ghost imagery, I loved her effects, that going in and out of phase stuff. That could have looked really bad. The costumes not good. The costumes silly. Costumes silly. were... Ghost specifically, I mean. I was, yeah, I will say passable. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it, it reminded me a little of uh, space. What was it called? Uh, space nineteen ninety nine. It had a oh. a seventy <laughs> feel to it. Sure. Which I thought they were going for. I thought Lawrence Fishburne was bad in this movie. He, yeah, he has no arc that makes it's, sense. His character isn't. Doesn't make sense. His motivations are unclear. Unclear. The ending makes no sense. The last scene between him and Ghost were there in the alley. Yeah, I'm not going to leave you. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, what is she going to get in trouble? I mean, what's going to happen? Why? Why? I mean, the conceit of the film. Let's just talk about the conceit for a moment. The conceit of that character, Ghost, what she's trying to accomplish. I mean, how they even knew what they were doing which trying to go down and make this quantum bridge or whatever to find his wife how she figured that out i don't know whatever doesn't matter but the idea is that she will 
go back and get his wife and somehow kill her in the process to extract whatever quantum energy is infused into her so that she can live. Makes no sense. One of the things that Star Trek, when Star Trek's good, Star Trek has a lot of techno babble in it, and the actors always complained about that, but they, it made sense. Exactly. You know, they, they, exactly. they, they, they rooted in something you can understand. So they almost, in some ways, what I loved about Star Trek, it brings you inside of the techno babble to the point of if you're a Star Trek person, you actually know the, the sort of the language and the vocabulary of what they're talking about and what those terms can And even mean. if you're not, you know, you're watching ER, you got the doctor saying all this kind of stuff that you're not, you don't understand the terminology, but you, can under you can understand through context exactly what things mean and exactly. here they're just like okay bloody techno quantum so it's i can kind of, not it's kind die of, it's kind of like the shakespeare rule you may not understand the language but if you get good shakespearean actors you'll understand through the context yeah the intention the intention and what's happening and here it, again it comes back to lazy writing well why does she need to do that and Lawrence fishburne understands what's going to happen. He knows that this means the death of this human being, and he seems to be okay with that, even though he seems incredibly moral every other moment of the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, there's a, there's a scene here that just annoyed the piss out of me. It just annoyed me to no end. They give this moment to him, and it almost seems like the kind of moment that the actor themselves demands, mm -hmm. where he says, no, if you harm this child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That moment, I just thought it was so disingenuous mm -hmm. it's so out of place with how this character is clearly living in a moral vacuum of some sort but but no this is the line i won't cross and i was like that makes no sense and it doesn't fit well he tries to save hank pym's life it, with the altoids his character's so inconsistent there's no reason to exactly. care about him or anything he does or believes because we have no grasp of what it is he wants and then they try to gen up some false beef between them i didn't believe that for a second between the michael douglas and the lawrence fishburne character that no it, and it, it it came out of nowhere and then we get introduced to a third beef with ghost's parents ghost's oh, yeah, right. dad uh ghost dad i can't say that ghost. not in the age of of me too <laughs> i shouldn't have, <laughs> sorry didn't mean to bring up bill cosby very few people will get that reference yeah uh, i saw that movie in the theater ghost dad yeah, Holy crap. as did i sadly enough. um Anyway, back to a, a happier note. And I, too, felt dirty afterwards. Yeah. It was a weird film. Yes. Um, <clears throat> not as bad as, as Leonard Part 6. Now, there is a movie. Yeah, that was... Holy shit. That was so spectacularly bad and epic, it's almost good. My God. What was that? <laughs> I have a vivid, very vivid memory of him fighting a, a, a bird man <laughs> with a, a sh like an electric shaver. Like he's shaving the bird man. It's like hanging from his feet. And like that's how he defeats the bird man. I mean, was, my thing is, how did we not see that movie and not understand that he was clearly an awful person? Mm, yeah, that's <laughs> a fair point. I mean, that, that film anybody alone, who would make this is that, a monster. That film alone. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> this man is not right. This man must be investigated. Yeah. Immediately. Okay, back to a happier note, uh, this Ant-Man movie that we don't like. Actually, I like it, I think, better than you, but... Ghost's dad was the third person who was, or second or third person, whatever, who was wronged by Hank Pym. And really, the only person to blame there was Ghost's dad. He was not up to the challenge. He screwed up. 
He had his wife and daughter at this very dangerous experiment for some dumbass reason. And she blames Hank Pym. Are you out of your mind? Such an odd. Why or- would Lawrence Fishburne go along with this? It was such an odd origin story. It made no, it made no sense. <laughs> it made no sense. He screwed the experiment up, first of all. Secondly, why is your family there? Third of all, why is your daughter there mm-hmm. out of your family? Yeah, just it made no sense. It's absolutely absurd. It's just the thinnest of reasons. Again, it feels like they wrote this thing in a week. It's like, we. oh, wait, when are we shooting? Guys, we forgot. All well, right, get a pen. Well, when you said that there are five screenwriters, it has the feel of a film written by committee, where there are just certain parts of it that just don't But a committee that doesn't agree on anything. Exactly. It's sort of like these pieces that don't coalesce together. No. And they're voices that don't match into one narrative voice. And you can feel it. I mean, you could just feel it in the writing. I, I remember I'm sitting there in the... Hell, you know what? This, this film is so bad. Even the, what do you call them, Easter eggs? Oh, at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Even the Easter eggs are bad. The post-credits. Those are bad. Well, the first one's okay. No, they're both bad. Okay. What's wrong with the first one? What's good about it? I don't know. Not much. I guess. I mean, it's... All right. So, post-credit Easter egg spoiler. The first one was Paul Rudd goes into the quantum verse to get some magic orange energy to help ghost lady i guess and they got to bring him back but just before they bring him back to normal size the uh, three characters hank pym his wife michelle pfeiffer and hope evangeline lily all disappear because thanos did the thing in the last movie so he's stuck there and so he's kind of in peril and that's a cliffhanger i guess it's not terrible well, I mean, part of it, it was terrible to me is it felt like I feel either you do Thanos or you don't. And so in the film, it's clearly in a universe that is outside of the universe of what is happening with Thanos, right? It's clearly outside of that universe. There's well, a It happened before. The whole movie happened before the Thanos stuff. And then the post credits happens right at the end of it. Yeah, but there were things that happened even before that in the, in the universe. I'm saying it's clearly outside of that universe. I, for me, it has the feel of being outside of that universe. Okay. And then it's almost like they're going to throw in this crumb that again just doesn't fit in this universe. I mean, don't, don't try to jam that into Ant-Man. Well, Ant-Man. It's, it's clearly in that universe though. I mean, he was in the last cap, the there Captain is, America Civil War there is in this nothing, movie. He's in. There is nothing that indicates this is in that same. Sure it is that he was, he's under house arrest because of yeah, the civil I, war I, thing. I understand what the what the conceit is mm-hmm. but i don't feel it in the narrative i don't feel like we are a part of that universe part of what makes marvel better than dc isn't just storyline it's also feel it's also there there's sort of a, an underpinning to it that holds it together this doesn't have that underpinning for me at all it doesn't feel like it's part of anywhere near the same universe at all. And mm-hmm. so then when I jammed that in there, I'm like, well, I think that doesn't fit there. I think the strength of the Marvel films is that they can go to different places thematically and tone-wise. I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy was something new. Uh, Doctor Strange is also in his own kind of weird corner of the universe. Ant-Man is. Thor Ragnarok is completely different from anything. It's you know, closer it's kind of, to it's, Guardians, it's kind but of it's funny. different than when any I, of the other Thor when movies. When I saw Doctor Strange, it's the one I had no interest in. Mm-hmm. I've never, I didn't have any interest in the book. But when you see the movie, 
which I thought was actually quite wonderful. That is absolutely in the same universe. All the things that are happening outside that are crashing in on the, the cities and the people and all of the assault that is happening from the outside. There was no real assault here from any outside forces. This was, you know, sort of middle managers and petty gangsters oh, yeah. running around. I mean, that's not the universe. This is more the universe of like a 1980s action show like The Fall Guy or something. No, I, it's in that kind of universe. Well, going back to your your concern about stakes, yeah, the stakes are l- relatively low. This is none Very of this. Low. There's no world-ending thing here, but I think that's okay. I, we don't need every movie to be about the end of the world or the universe, the well, death of billions. I of agree. Trillions. I just, I just say, if you're not going to do it, then don't do it. But don't try to shoehorn it into an Easter egg. Well, it's an Easter egg. All that stuff is about generally, like, okay, the movie's over. Now here's another thing that's yeah, kind of I its just, own weird connection. I, I just or felt idea. like it, it hinted towards better art, and I would, I would <laughs> you know, I would. You're I, insulting that the movie's not better well, it's, it's almost how like, dare you bring up a better film it's almost like okay this film was shit for uh, two hours but hey here's a really good film that we're going to allude to uh okay i guess <laughs> I, you know, I, mean, I don't know it just there are no stakes in this movie it's just sort of like i said it reminded me of a 1980s action the, like the a-team yeah, or something you're it, right. it has that feel to it Holy shit, coming from the guy, you got mad at me for talking shit about the A-Team. I like the A-Team, I just don't know if I want to go see it at Saturday night at, uh, you know, 12 bucks a pop. This film is disposable. Oh, That's ultimately sure. the problem here. It's incredibly disposable. There's there's no reason to return to it. The gags, of course, as we said, fall flat. They, I didn't even I forgot to mention the the whole scene that I think is supposed to be that's supposed to be amusing, where he's like kid size at an elementary school oh, so was awful. awful. It was awful. Was the most forced like oh, it's just malfunctioning, and now he's a kid size and he can't jump. Ah, juice box. Awful. It's just uh, awful. There's nothing amusing about any of that. And all that said, I... And why doesn't he have wings? Oh, I don't know. It makes no sense. I don't know. Because he's got an ant he can ride, I guess. Could be a flying ant. I mean, it makes no sense. Uh, yeah. No, You're talking about Asgardians running with sword. Why doesn't he have wings? Yeah. We have the technology. Why does, <laughs> why does he have to ride on a on a flying bug in order for him to get transportation through the air so they can have that great gag with the seagulls oh god it makes no sense yeah it's not okay it's not good sorry you all right i'm okay (laughs) i just i was very disappointed at marvel this is worthy of dc this one isn't as good no dc couldn't dc is not even good enough for this yeah you're right this is better than what dc can accomplish today oh no no this is i've seen dc that's better than this well, not since Christopher Nolan. I mean, no, the, I would rather see in the Zack Snyder era. This is not something they can. No, do. I'd rather see a Justice League than this. I definitely, really, absolutely, wow, absolutely, that's crazy. Abs- I would rather see Wonder Woman than I this. I would now. Well, Wonder Woman, absolutely, sure. I'll grant you that. I'm. I'm that's the anomaly, though. I'm. I'm talking about the Snyder verse era. I'd, I'd rather see uh, Justice I, League was upsetting to behold. That was actively annoying and upsetting. This I'd, was. I'd rather fine. that than this. Wow. I'd rather you go, you know, that sort of dark, depressing universe they love to live in no. over in DC. Boo. Absolutely. I'd not. rather that than this. No. This You're is out awful. of your mind. This is awful. You're out of your mind. <laughs> This is awful. I think you've been traumatized by this movie for some reason. Now you're talking crazy. Man, to say it. was. You don't was, know what you're saying right now. It was bad. <laughs> I had to struggle to stay awake. 
I want you to sleep on this Justice League thought of yours. And I, I, I we'll, truly believe. And I'm we'll not have even, to come back and You know how I stand on DC. DC is better than what this is. Wow. It is. You know what? That is a terrible note to end this episode on. <laughs> we got to end on something a little more positive than that. Paul Rudd's great. Paul Rudd's very good. Uh, he doesn't save this movie. But, I mean, this movie relies on those performances and Paul Rudd and his charm, and he almost does it. I'll give him credit. He comes this close. And and more more to the point, he doesn't have a chance to save this movie. It's not even— And it's not even about him. It's yeah. not even structured in a way where he could save it because it's really not about him. Yeah. He's almost an ancillary character in there, which is a huge mistake for a talent of his sort. Yeah. And he doesn't have many lines that he can really hit out of the park. That's still not a great note to end on, but— Here's the final note I'll end on that saves everybody some time. After the first closing Easter egg credit scene that I just mentioned, in case you sat through all of this and didn't care about spoilers and still could use this warning, do not stick around for the one all the way at the end of the credits. It is a complete waste of time. It is a shot you've already seen. Exactly. It is awful. It's just it's an Easter egg that's in the movie. It's just the large ant playing drums, and we already saw it. It's a complete waste. Wasn't that impressed the first time? No. You can skip that one. Don't stick around <laughs> to all the way at the end of the credits. And with that, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us those five stars. Tell a friend. Review us on Google Play Music Store. And check out our website, disagreepodcast.com also we're on facebook disrespectfully agree check us out there and with that we will talk at you next week bye peace and chicken grease what was i saying was my point i've lost the track i, I rarely know we're talking about lawrence fishburne or something yeah about how his character was so inconsistent oh that- ghost dad <laughs>